Are you looking for valuable business advice to reach that seven-figure revenue mark? Do you want actionable tips to properly navigate through every business challenge you encounter along the way? Let Tersh Blissett and Josh Crouch be your guide in getting you to the top here at Service Business Mastery. Tune in as they sit down with world-renowned authors in business, leadership, and personal growth who share valuable insights about management, marketing, pricing, human resources, and so much more. Let their nuggets of wisdom gold guide you in owning a thriving, profitable, and ever-growing business. Here are your hosts, Tersh and Josh. This is Tersh with Service Business Mastery Podcast. Josh is not with us. He's actually um, over in the EGIA uh, main event. Uh, who, who is it? Damien? Damon John. Damon John, yeah. Uh, but we came over here to do cool stuff with cool kids and uh, record a podcast. with. Uh, I got Dan Antonelli over here with Kick Charge. Uh, I know you've seen his brands around um, a little bit here and there. And it's very they're very... Um, you can pick them out of a crowd, and uh, they're, they're great stuff. And and that's the thing about everything that y'all do over there is to stand out and make sure uh, that you're really standing out from the crowd, and that's awesome. And then we have HVAC res- HVAC revealed, HVAC secrets revealed. Evan Hoffman, what's up, buddy? <laughs> what's up, man? Uh, I've been on their show. Have y'all been on the show before? No, never. Why not? Uh, I think there was a lack of an invite. Oh, yeah. Shoot. <laughs> Minor detail. <laughs> Minor detail. You just wanted to do it live. You were holding out for this. It's all yeah, good. There we go. Some, yeah. some contractual negotiations that, that had yeah. to take yeah. place. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. But uh, I'm super excited to have these two guys on the show today. Uh, we we talk all the time, and I, I always ask Dan stuff. He even helped us out with our brand because we were – really in a crunch to get the the new um logo out there and uh we needed it for something i don't even remember what it was but it was important at the time and uh dan was really backed up so he was like here take a look at this and take a look at that but uh super appreciate that and uh, but today on today's show i want to talk to obviously about branding and i mean that's he's the guru when it comes to to branding but um about the future future of the industry, a future of service businesses in general. Um, Dan has a, he's got a magic eight ball, so he's got it. He, he's, he knows the future. Um, and, uh, and, and I know Evan does too. So, I mean, I'm super excited to, to have both of you guys on the show, but with that being said, for anybody that's listening to this or watching this, um, could you two guys give a brief background of who you are and where you're from? Cool. Dan, you go first, brother. Sure. Um, I'm Dan Antonelli. I run a design agency called Kick Charge Creative. We're based out of New Jersey, um, and we do home service branding. Um, So we have a team of about 20 people. We do soup to nuts, everything that's brand-related. So we do brand development. We do wrap design. We do print design, and we do digital design. So um, just 27 years of doing that, and I Mm -hmm. think at this point we're – over 1500 or so home service brands that we've created what what made um i know a lot of people have this same question so like what made you decide to go the route of the design that's sticking out right now like it because that's that's not something that's been around for 15 years or i i think over the years we just started really more 
paying more attention to consumer behavior, okay. really trying to figure out how to get inside their heads, how to think about brands in a way that was more unique and disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd say over the last probably eight years or so, we're really kind of honed in on the idea of disruption and how disruption plays such a huge role um, in branding, especially for home services. So our, our idea is based around the concept of leveraging that brand at all the different channels, especially the vehicle, which is one of the most critical applications. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really do see you know, just tremendous results when we can penetrate the psyche of a consumer. Because mm-hmm. everything that they're conditioned to, about advertising is conditioned to have them ignore everything you're trying to tell them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, so, that's me. I mean, how many times are you advertised to every single day? And so it's like you're just... Well, it's, it's 60,000 pieces of information that you are fed every single day. Yeah, and my brain is small. So... Uh, <laughs> It does not compute. And, and, but, I mean, like um, Chad Bird, he's a buddy of mine. We kind of grew up together in the industry, uh, and uh, y'all just did his. And it's awesome. I mean, he's right down the street from me. But uh, I'd kudos to their whole brand. And uh, so it's, it's really – it sticks out. You know, every time you see his vans ride by, it's, yeah. it's definitely there. there. And, and, and it sticks out in a good way in the sense that, like, it's not just something that's obnoxious. It's, yeah. it's something that's still delivering a brand promise to that consumer. And, and the tagline that goes along with his visual is a, is a peach. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're from Georgia, so mm. it makes sense. And, uh, you know, we'll give you a peach of a job. Um, the tagline to kind of sell that story and set up the deliverable in the consumer's mind as to what they're going to get if they hire him. But, you know, what he had before wasn't horrible. But it was was the same red and blue that everybody else always has. You know, we call that a bland. Yeah. Instead of a brand, it was a bland. 100%. Blanded. Well, and I think something that, that is super unique about your approach, though, is it's more than just disruption. Right. You can put a pink and purple van out there and it's going to be disruptive because it's different <laughs> than what everyone else has. That's but true. The way that you lay out the brand is so essential on it's the clean. van. It's very, very clean. Very clean. And the logo is central. Yeah. It pops. So there's there's branding that's effective there. But then also the story that you tell afterwards and how you really connect with your customers. I hear it time and time again from every business that has worked with Dan. Everyone says, I'm so impressed with how well he connected to get our message out there beyond just the logo. And I, I've always been really impressed with that. Yeah, 100%. And, and not only that, kudos to your entire team. Mm-hmm. How many of your your vans were on the, the it was HVAC business that, well, how many, I mean, I've seen a bunch of them on there. I was like, dang, I'm not even putting my van on there. <laughs> I, I think we won 30 times so far. So That's crazy, dude. We swept the last couple of years mm-hmm. um and you know so that's kind of cool one year somebody ripped off one of our designs actually and they won with one of our ripped off designs so that was really? kinda, that was kind of interesting so we still won still won <laughs> by <That's> default crazy <laughs> man i've seen um who is it t uh t no, yeah. yeah and they man i've seen that design ripped off so many times and it's mm-hmm. like it, that's like your og design isn't yep. it? Okay. yeah one of the original ones that was one of the original winners actually for the hvc business uh uh-huh. truck tops and trucks contest but yeah the, that stuff yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously, so I've seen you post this before, so I, I mean, I, I feel safe to say it. It's, it's like that um, uh, imitation is not the the largest form of flattery or whatever. It's it's because you're 
blatantly ripping off their yeah. their brand and their product, and that's trademarked too. Yeah, so. it's trademark infringement, yeah. and it's an expensive lesson to learn when you're on the receiving end of cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, hundred you know? yeah. percent. It's, just, it's just dumb, you know. Just invest in it the right way from the start. And it know. doesn't make sense not to. I mean, what would you say to people who are? Because um, this was a, this was a thing for me whenever we first started out. Cash flow was tight. Um, should I invest the money in that in creating that brand um, when I'm really first off I don't really know what P and L's are or I don't really know how to manage money and stuff. Like I'm a service guy that is doing really good to charge seventy five dollars an hour or whatever the case may be. Um, at that point, should they rebrand? Because I, I would hate to have 12 vans because, like, Fred Kennedy, that's where I grew up. That's where Chad and I grew up together. I mean, he had a whole fleet of vans that he's rebranding now mm-hmm. that, through all through Kit George. Yeah, so that's the kind of the quandary, right? Yeah. You can go out and start and bootstrap it as best you can, and then at a certain point down the road, you're going to wind up having to redo exactly. all those things. Yeah. So it's like... Is it more expensive at that point? Well, yeah, it kind of is more expensive at that point, but I understand that as a brand new startup, you may not have the budget to mm-hmm. do it right. So it's, it's almost like, well, don't maybe don't wrap the trucks fully. Maybe That's just good do point. vinyl lettering just to start, just to yeah. kind of get your name out and then and then save the money um, to do it. But we always like when you have the opportunity to do it from scratch, from the ground up, because mm-hmm. we know everything after that point is going to be on brand. Yeah, I mean, we, we have stuff that just pops up every now and then that has our old logos and stuff on it, and it's like, I don't want to throw it away, but if I handed this out, people would be so confused, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> like, just throw it in the trash. It's not yeah. even worth anything. So there's like a funny saying that, you know, we, we've said is the, the most expensive logo you'll ever pay or buy is the one you paid the least for. <laughs> it's true. So <laughs> yeah, kind of you get on on uh, on Upworks or whatever, and yeah. five like or ninety nine designs. They're all uh, yeah, yep, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so who was it that asked? Uh, I I can't read who it was that said a Facebook that, user. A Facebook user asked, uh, "Who's this guy sitting next to Tersh? Which side?" Because I'm in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Dan to my left over here, and then Evan's over here uh, to my right. And um, Evan, now you share a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from. Totally. Yeah. So Josh decided to stay in the event, but really what it is is we can't have too many marketing minds at the same table at the oh, same yeah. time. Oh, yeah. That's what it is a lot, huh? So I'm just the better-looking replacement for Josh. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Evan. I'm with uh, On Purpose Media. So we run a marketing agency. And when we uh, have some spare time on Wednesday afternoons, we drink whiskey and shoot the shit. And yeah, uh, yeah we have some fun with our, our podcast, HVAC Success Secrets Revealed. So yeah, let's check them out. Um, now, where are y'all published? Because I see, uh, I mean, I follow you on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Where you do you publish on any of the podcast catchers or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's on everywhere you can get your podcasts. Um, we're a little behind on those edits right now with the audio edits, but we do go live every week with uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn too now, and yeah, we're all over the place. The, the editing part of doing podcasts, like this part right here can be overwhelming, like when you're first starting a podcast, like getting guests on the show and like, how are we going to brand this and all this other stuff? But then after you start getting it rolling, I got like 65 episodes that need to be edited. <laughs> right. It's like, Oh my gosh, like I gotta find time to do this, but yeah, it's, it's definitely fun to do and, and rewarding. Um, what would you say for y'all in the podcast? What would, what would you say is like one of your biggest, 
not not definitely not ROI, but like your benefit from it, from doing podcasts in general. Um, well, I'll give you two perspectives. One from from our perspective, it's connecting with people, and now there's there's a reputation that's put out there, so that when we're meeting people at these events or we're just walking around and I got my hat on, people are coming up and saying, "Hey, I watch your show." Yeah, and it's. It's really cool. It's weird. It's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because they're like, so how are you kids? And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you stop me from? Um, yeah, so that's really cool from that perspective. And it's fun and it's, it's entertaining. But it's also made, I mean, the connections that we've made have been so much more impactful. And we can get deeper quicker because they do feel like they know me. And there's that, that barrier of trust is is let down a little bit more. True, very true. And so now we can have some real conversations and get right into the weeds of, of what issues they have. Are we a good fit to solve it or is someone else a better fit to solve it? Mm. And so that's a huge benefit from that perspective. From an HVAC or service business perspective of putting out a podcast, the value really comes in the traffic that can come back to your website, mm-hmm. right? And So and would you say they need to have a lot of HVAC-specific uh, content in order for that to be the case? Yeah. So cuz like uh, us we 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 don't we try not to generate a lot of traffic to our site per se right. um because they're not the same. No. You know, uh we talk a lot more business than we do HVAC. Totally. No, and 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 the layout of this show is very much uh how do we give back to the industry? How do we contribute? And and you've done a phenomenal job with that and I really um want to acknowledge the fact that like what you have done for the industry is a, it's a gift. And the time that you put in and the energy that you put into this has been phenomenal. And the amount that you give back is, is tremendous. Um, Here's that 20 bucks. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to a local business, you know, wh- what's the benefit of it? Where does the, the ROI come in for them? Well, if, if you put out a show and it's 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. of long form content that you put out on a weekly basis. And you transcribe it. And you transcribe it. Now we put it into a blog. So mm-hmm. now you're on YouTube, you're on a podcast networks, and you've got a blog post that goes out that's transcribed. 10 minutes is going to be about a thousand words, 15 mm-hmm. minutes, about 1500 words, which is a good size blog post. From there, now we're also cutting it up and making micro videos. Mm-hmm. So now you've got your Facebook post for the week, your Instagram post for the week. And you've created three to five pieces of content from that. So from one recording, one 15-minute video that you took the time to do, you've now duplicated it out over multiple different uh, media streams. Because, I mean, our belief is who are we to decide how your consumer should receive your content? That's a good point. Yeah. If, obviously, if you only put it out one place, they can only consume it one way. But is that what you want? I mean, is it going to be like a... Nope, you can't. You can't see us anywhere else. Like, right, and that's basically what you're telling them. If it, if you do that, Dan, have you had any of your like? Have you experienced the podcast world and doing podcasts? And I'm just overwhelmed with <laughs> <laughs> all the work that goes into it. So yeah. I, I've done a couple of things uh, to some channels because, like, I, I run a Facebook page for actually rap design, where yep. I'm trying to teach other people how to be better rap designers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a couple of things on that, but the amount of time that it takes to produce the stuff and then to do all the other things to get it out there is, is just, um, it overwhelms me to, to think about that. Like I, I think about my personal Facebook post and things like that and what, what I have to do to just get those things out. And then it's like, yeah. well, now I'm going to add another layer of stuff that I'm responsible for. And, uh, it's scary, but like, I think you make a great point at just how much all this content does help. I mean, I have a social media person who does kick charges social media, but she's right. always asking me to, Hey, you should do some more live stuff. Everyone mm-hmm. loves when you go live. And I'm just like, 
Yeah, I mean, I should do a lot of things, but uh, doing the best I can. And and that's the real world for a lot of business owners in general. It's like, man, I'm trying to put out fires over here, and you want me to create an Instagram post? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, uh, at at what point, I guess, Evan, um, what point would you hire someone to do your social media stuff? Dan, when, when, when did you, I mean, what made you decide to do it? Um, I mean, it was a mix. It was a mix of client needs because we right. run the social media campaigns for a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. And then okay. it was a mix of doing our stuff. Uh, but our, our social media person, Kim, she's been with us, I think, I think it's like seven or eight years now. Do you have to hire somebody full-time? Uh, yeah, she's, she's, she was full-time from the beginning. Um, and, uh, I mean, she's, she's been great. So she's, she's kind of the voice of, of who we are. And, uh, but... It, you know, even now combining client work with kick charge work and mm-hmm. say, well, who, who takes precedence? You know? That's a good point. Yeah. You know? yeah. What do you got to focus on? Well, we focus on the people who pay our bills first and then we try to, yeah. try to get to our own stuff <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. So we have a, a Facebook user here asked, um, the more brands Dan does, uh, is there ever concern that his designs will become the noise? Uh, it's already super recognizable, um, that uh, that he designs it yeah yeah and that's a that's a great question i i think that you have to remember that when people view our work especially people that are fans of our work Mm -hmm. you have to realize that our work is across the country they're not concentrated in one geographic region or, or specific region and we're always very conscious of the approaches that we're using in any given market. So that's part of the initial research that we do. Is oh, saying, okay, yeah. Who is in this market? Have we done anything in this market? Obviously, right? Because I'm not going to put the same strategy or the same colors or the same approach in any given mar- market. I'm going to make sure, because that would be, that would dilute the effects for both brands that we're trying to create or that one that we've yeah. already created and the new one that's coming on board. And that'd, that'd, be, so, uh, that'd be right for a, a ticked off customer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we're very cognizant of approaches and, and strategies that we use and strategies are dictated by competitive landscape among other things and, and the goals of the particular company. So it's not always that, hey, we need to do a retro mascot. You know, well, maybe we need to do clean and corporate. Like it really depends on a lot of okay. factors. It depends on you know, who they're trying to reach, what their goals are, things like that. So we're always just making sure that we're, we're really thinking about brands as differently as we can um, and just trying to make sure we're not duplicating exact same strategies in, in any given market. So, But it's a big market. But, again, when people follow us and they see that we're doing two or three or four a week coming out, there's going to be some commonality in terms of our theory about brand and our theory about disruption. Mm-hmm. But um, there's so many awful brands in most given markets. <laughs> that, um, I think that still plays in our favor. How, how would you say, how do you um, decide the size of the market before like, okay, it's acceptable to have another brand here in this market, like of like kick charge style, um, like the retro style that you're kind of known for. I, I, again, like if I have someone and they come up in the competitive research uh-huh. from our new client and saying, hey, we keep compete against this particular company, then I'm just not going to do anything oh, makes that, sense. that yeah. can be remotely gotcha. confused with them. You mm-hmm. know, so if it's a, yeah, a nostalgic based retro mascot, we're not, we're not going to do nostalgia and we're not going to do probably a mascot either. You know, we're going to think about it doing something, maybe it's icon based, maybe it's based on their initials. Maybe oh, it's based okay. On like okay. That. So you, so. you have some brands out there that are less, um, like the peach or, yeah, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's all the, that again, just really depends on market. Depends yeah. On, on what they want the image to be and uh-huh. what the story they want to tell with their brand. Cause so I feel like they're at some point 
it's like man i can't think of nothing else like it's i didn't thought of it all it's it's hard <laughs> I, I mean honestly that's the hardest part of our job is trying to you know constantly be fresh and constantly think about different ways that we can do it there, there is a finite number of ways that i can show a mascot holding a wrench yeah right okay. yeah right so but how do we do it? Like, what's the rest of the, the rap design? What's the rest of the story that we wrap around? How does tagline inter interact with the, the story that we're telling? And, and so we're just trying to think more holistically, not just it's a cool logo and it's a cool mascot. It's how does everything work in a, in a story mm -hmm. for this company? And, and how do we make sure every single touch point is delivering that story? So have you had a, um, so you're, you're building this story and this, uh, the entire culture of the business around this new brand have you ever had a situation where the brand like the the owner just was like nah nah not gonna work like i'm not gonna put forth the effort to follow through with this and like you spent the time to build this really cool brand but then there's no follow-up with the brand and um so if you're asking like have we ever had a client not want to proceed after we've pitch creative and said this no is i mean like they, they proceed or, a little bit and, but and then, then they, they go into it yeah yeah so so we we certainly have had scenarios where they're like oh we we just want you to do the logo and the vehicle and then that's it and and the sad part of that I feel like yeah, that's not enough like, yeah the sad, sad part is then we haven't leveraged yeah. what we just built you mm -hmm. know we haven't used it to its potential so i i hate to see that i hate to see like a beautiful so brand much potential and then a generic website and, yeah. the, and the content on the website is generic. And literally, it could be the same content for your biggest competitor, and it would read exactly the same. Like mm -hmm. so, so when I see stuff like that, and it's more than just, hey, let's put your logo on the top, and let's change the button colors. And yeah, <laughs> now you're branded. Yes. <laughs> Done. And it's, and it's just like, Check it's that sad. one off. You know, it's sad. It's like we went through this whole <laughs> exercise on trying to craft a story, yeah. and now we're going to go generic for everything else. And it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, 100%. But it happens. I mean, yeah. it certainly happens. We can't do everything for every single client mm -hmm. um, we'd love to but it just you know sometimes it just doesn't work out that we can help them with some of these other channels yeah 100 percent. so ron davis really close friend of mine uh he's he said huge shout out to dan uh yeah ron's, they had, ron's killing in south jersey oh yeah. yeah yep him and him and uh and uh his brother uh, John, they uh, also he he sees the Evans yeah. here, so he's gonna go pour him some bourbon. Uh, <laughs> so he's used to Evans show with the, he gets drunk on. That I was gonna one. say, where's the bourbon? We're on the wrong show. I <laughs> We're on the wrong show. show. Wrong <laughs> show. Yeah, we keep it sober on this one. But, but Ron's Ron's a good example of a of a company that you know again color plays a big role in what makes his brand so special. Yeah, and, so and that's really cr like I never would have picked his colors. Like yeah. when you see it, it's, it's, it's like the burgundy and the, the brown and it's, it works perfect yeah. and it looks amazing. But if you would have asked me for a color palette, that would not have been it. Yeah. And that's a big part of, again, like when you, even if you think about similar approaches, but it's like colors is such a big deal mm -hmm. as well. And we're always just looking at colors that in theory and on paper should never be put together. Yeah. And those are the ones we want to put together. Really? Like, Cause then they're ownable. You know, that's why, oh, that's why red yeah. and blue, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, don't yeah. work. Exactly. Because, you, you know, we got Americana associated with red and blue. Mm -hmm. You've got a million HVAC companies associated with yep. red and blue. So, so I don't want to put a red and blue brand out into any given market if I can avoid it because yeah. I can't own those colors. I can't say every time I see that blue van, I know that's yours. Like, bullshit. Right, it yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah, that would be tough for sure. You know. 
So our, we had another question too, and that, that was kind of, um, Evan was asking this too, it, about the future of the industry. And um, I guess both of you, I'd like to hear what y'all think about the, the future of HVAC and, and service, home service industry is. Totally. Well, and I think a big part of it is exactly what Dan's talking about when it comes to brand, because brand is going to be vitally important, and I'll let you go deep on that. Um, but I mean, branding lets all of your other marketing efforts get cheaper. Right. When you've what do got, you mean by that? When you've got a memorable brand, mm, yeah. Right. People are searching you; they're not searching for the service, mm -hmm. right? Because they remembered who it is that they're they're supposed to be connecting with. What if they remember our icon? What if they remember the peach, but they don't know the name? Like, is, is that? A, I mean, I, I would imagine that can be a challenge. Totally. Um, so I would build content on the website that talks about the peach specifically and being uh, the heating, yeah, heating company yeah, with yeah, the yeah, peach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and I would make sure that that content exists on the on the site in multiple different places, so that keyword's going to get pulled when it uh, it comes up. Whether it's a blog post, whether it's the homepage, uh, as long as it shows up for the site, then that's absolutely something I would build in. So you feel like branding is the future of. I feel like it's a vital component of it. Absolutely. Um, I also feel like content creation is vitally important, mm -hmm. uh, especially as we move towards an era of voice search being so predominant in homes. I mean, it's a lot easier to go to your yeah, I, Alexa your or whatever, voice, Alexa, exactly. Google home and say, Hey, I need an AC company mm -hmm. and it pulls up the one company. Mm -hmm. So now you went from a Google search where it was, you know, four or five ads being served, plus the local service ads at the top of three businesses there, three businesses and the, the map pack and another 10 in the organic search. Now it's boiled down to one business. So does the transcription from creating a podcast help with that? Absolutely, it does. Because you're talking in normal talk. Yep. So you're so I shouldn't clean up a transcription. Um. No, the written word, as far as like going on a blog post, yes, clean it up. As far as the transcription that goes on to, you know, your, your Spotify or something like that, yeah, keep that. Oh, okay, natural. okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I also think that it helps in, again, furthering that brand in the market because you're putting out your voice and now that matters. You're making you're a difference. Expert. You're adding more value. You are the expert in the area, mm -hmm. right? And you're going to get all the natural traffic that's going to come back to your site because when you are national with content, mm -hmm. whether that's a blog post or your YouTube video or something like that, people are naturally coming back to your website to then read that blog post. You get some domain authority. Exactly. Yeah. That's a that's that's one of the big words that I don't really know what it means, but I <laughs> I stuck it in there, hoping for the best. <laughs> Nailed it. To, you know, Nailed to, it. To your point too, I think you know Roy Williams, um, who is from the Wizard of Ads, had this. Um, he wrote in this book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, overspending on marketing is the tax you pay for being unremarkable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you, when you boil it all down, that's the reality. So, you know, when you see some of the numbers people talk about as far as how much they need to spend on, on advertising, mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is because they have an unremarkable brand. So the that's more generic, point, yeah. the more bland you are, yeah, the more money it's going to cost you to get sticky in somebody's head. Yep. So we want our clients to spend the least amount of money par possible. Like I feel like sometimes we're the only marketing agency ever yeah. to say, we want you to spend less Nothing, money, yeah. not more money yeah. with us, right? But that's the whole idea. So like branded searches become such a big deal um, as far as the strategy for, you know, getting more leads from the digital channels, you mm. know, because I'd rather someone type in the name of the company and know we're going to show up, number yeah. one, for mm. our branded name rather than, you know, heating repair Georgia and mm -hmm. then hope that I'm, 
my organic efforts has me number one. Well, we may not be number one on that, mm-hmm. but I know we're going to be number one for branded searches. So, Good point. you know, hammering home that brand and that brand centric approach, especially when it comes to the vehicles. Oh, so let me ask you on this. Uh, how many, how many times have you seen a competitor really ranking high for their, this brand's Comp, uh, stuff like it, like I see it in pay per click all the time. Pay per click, yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly that's that's a you know a defensive strategy, which I, I think is you know if I'm being honest, I think it's just a dick move. To, <laughs> it is hundred percent. Maybe from a digital marketing perspective, like you guys might think that that's <laughs> something you should do, but I just think I it's used lame. to get so mad whenever I'd see like how many times I was paying for clicks to my own brand yeah. name, and they're like, you got to do it because all your competitors are doing your name too. I'm like, yeah. man, what jerk. There's a really big <laughs> competitor in the digital marketing space that bought all of our keywords once. Oh, man, that and, sucks. And, you know, I was on, on some level, I was almost like flattered. I'm like, you guys are worried about me? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Little, little us, you guys are buying all my keywords. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, no one's going to get confused with you, you and us, so mm-hmm. have at it. Yeah. You know? And totally. I just told all my employees to click on it. But, you know, I... <laughs> Click away, have fun. <laughs> no, well, I think the the other thing that gets missed too when it comes to the brand is the recruiting aspect of it. Oh, absolutely, right? Because yeah. yes, it makes your marketing more yeah, uh, true. more affordable, but it also helps with retention. Yeah, and it helps attract more people because it looks like you are a more formidable brand in the market. Stable, stable. There's mm-hmm. less risk here. I'm yeah. going to go work for them instead. And I, that was actually a conversation I had this week with yeah. uh, a potential client or business owner. And that's what you see. You see these guys saying, oh my God, I can't get anybody to work for me. And, I, and then listen, I know the labor market is, is super tough. It's very tough. But sometimes you look at, well, what are they giving their employees? What does the brand look like? Are they mm-hmm. going to be proud to wear a uniform or get in that truck? And it's like, you can't, the, you can't get there with it. You know? And I'm like, well, that's part of the problem, right? Is do you look like a place that people want to work? Yep. Right. So being introspective and looking at it yourself and saying, Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe that logo that we had for 25 years is kind of dated and you know, but who's going to tell you that, right? Your employee's going to tell you your logo sucks. Your wife's going to tell you, your husband's going to tell you, nobody's going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on the culture that you built in your organization. If you, yeah. if True, you put in a place but, where but, it's comfortable to be, have those conversations, then yeah, but not for a lot of employees that. that also represents a warm blanket yep. and they're afraid of change and they don't want to change, you totally. know? So, so many of our clients that we've rebranded, you know, while before they were announcing that they were rebranding to employees, I was like, well, why are we changing? Why yeah. are we changing? Yeah. 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 The like, comfort level there. So the, the, uh, I've had, we've had interviews. We do a lot of virtual interviews and, um, hiring events and we've had people come on the show or on the show. I call it, it's on the zoom. So, uh, and they'll come on and say, man, I've been following y'all along. Y'all look like a fun place to work. Like, right. and that, that's, they, fu- I'm like, y'all are stalker. <laughs> like he's been watching he's like yeah man i seen y'all did this event over here and y'all did this over there and they like they just recognize our brand and every time that we were doing something it was it, it was instant as soon as we had a, the job um out there they applied for it wanting to, yeah. to work with us absolutely i thought that was kind of cool oh it's really powerful tooting my own horn over here yeah man so there's so much there's so much that we could be talking about here, um, but we have a, a whole lot of stuff going on here. Um, how do people connect with, with each of you um, and follow you along the way, um, Dan? So, yeah, our website is just kick, kickcharge.com, mm-hmm. K-I-C-K, charge.com, and I'm Dan at kickcharge.com. And how long, how long um, is your your backlog if, you, if somebody wanted to 
Like, so, what's, what's the process, the timeline take to rebrand if they want to do that? Yeah, uh, I mean, right now we're booked out almost three months to start. Um, mm. But once we start, a typical rollout, depending on how many mm-hmm. assets are going to be part of that rollout, mm-hmm. you know, any, it could be anywhere from three to six months to, okay. you know, get how, the new brand, many, get the new truck, get the new website, you know, all those different things. How many vans have wheels matching uh the instagram stories that i see because i'm like i'll draw that thing around um there's a few there's yeah? two recent ones that we did for um element air in louisville yeah um and another one that we just did for clog wizard uh, in delaware um yeah. that we had mocked it up with the purple rims yeah so um, I seen those. some of the 3d rendering software allows us to change rim colors and stuff and we're like oh this looks badass uh-huh. and we, we didn't think like anybody was going to do it and uh both clients um did it they so did? yeah so it's that's really awesome. kind of kind of fun because that's just taken it to the next level and, it is. and there's another nostalgic client that we did the branding for um atlas plumbing in vegas actually oh, if yeah. you google it you could see they have a chevy express where they put the white wall tires mm-hmm. um, on the van and it just that. looks so cool like it's again just taking it to that next level it's kind of fun when, when we have clients that go all out like that yeah that is awesome when are you going to get a client that puts the spinner rims on the, the van? No, just kidding. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Evan Hoffman. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, HVAC Success Secrets Revealed is our Facebook group. And uh, so we've got a group as well as the show. Uh, so you can, can check us out in both places there. Or the website is onpurposemedia.ca because we are from Canada, eh? Yay! <laughs> so, and y'all record every um, Wednesday afternoon live. Yeah, um, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Mountain. Is, uh, what's that, the Eastern? Show. The normal time zone? Four. Four. Four, the normal time zone. <laughs> what was it, two? Yeah. Normal yeah, two their time. Two yeah. Mountain, one Pacific. <laughs> it is the normal time zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. As usual, uh, yeah. world revolves around the east. It does, it does, it does. <laughs> I appreciate everybody. Uh, we had some technical glitches on the live stream. Wi-Fi here was kind of sketchy for a second, but I appreciate everybody that's on here and, and sticking it out to the end. If anybody has any questions at all, I'll put both these guys' contact information in the show notes and uh, make sure you join their group too. Uh, it's really cool and they stay they super active and all, t- all the time questions are answered and, and asked and stuff. So uh, super thankful that y'all would come and hang out with me for a little bit. I'll uh, give you 20 bucks here in a minute. For Sweet. Paying y'all sit with me. <laughs> I appreciate you, y'all, y'all have a wonderful day, and we'll talk again soon. See you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Service Business Mastery. Now that you are equipped with essential business advice from this impactful conversation, you are one step closer to becoming the successful owner of your dreams. If this episode has been helpful to your business journey, don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and share it with other owners as well. Visit servicebusinessmastery.com to learn more.